Hello, my friend. I'm sharing with you an episode of Freelance to Founder today, which is another show here on the Podglomerate Podcast Network. Freelance to Founder features real-time coaching sessions with freelancers who want to scale their service businesses. In each episode, show co-hosts Preston Lee and Clay Mosley, who have both scaled their own one-person businesses to something bigger, help guests and listeners on their journey to finally achieve founder status. Freelance to Founder strives to provide real-world, practical, and actionable advice to take your service-based businesses to the next level, with occasional surprise guest experts or deep dives on must-have skills for success. The episode I'm sharing here today is a coaching call with a web designer named Keegan of Redefine Creative. Keegan is a side hustler who's desperate to take the leap and work on his business full-time, but he's hesitant to make such a dramatic life change when he doesn't really know where his clients come from. He gets a lot of referral business, enough to build three to four websites per month, but he's always nervous referrals could dry up without notice. So Clay and Preston walk him through a few critical client-finding tactics, including how to harness the power of local clients to become an expert in your area, allowing you to charge more and build a predictable pipeline of new work. New episodes of Freelance to Founder air every Thursday, and you can subscribe to Freelance to Founder in this same podcast player or use the link in the show notes. We'll get to that episode with Keegan right after this. As you start to reach more people, things start to feel more complex. There's more to do and more to keep track of, and it starts to actually take time away from creating content. I felt this struggle personally. The more creator science grew, the more it felt like I was dropping the ball. So I did something about it. I built a set of rock solid systems, all in Notion to support the business as we grew, and it worked like a charm. I've now taken my personal Notion setup and productized it. It's called Creator HQ, and it's the complete operating system that you need for your creator business. I built Creator HQ to be an all-in-one workspace designed to save you more time, create more content, and drive more revenue. By leveraging Creator HQ, we are publishing more than we ever have, and we're nearing $1 million in annual revenue because of it. It brings all of your data and processes into one place with custom-built dashboards to reduce friction in managing tasks, creating content, and collaborating with your team. I've seriously spent more than three years building this, and now you can have the same systems that I use right out of the box. In the lab, one of our members just posted, I have spent the last few weeks diving into Creator HQ, learning how it works, and making it my own. This is the first time in a while that I've felt this organized and filled with hope that I can find a workflow that will work for me with my whole business. This is gold. I will definitely be giving a testimonial for this badass product. If you're new to Notion, don't worry. I've included a ton of specific tutorials to help you learn how to use Notion generally and Creator HQ specifically. I've never seen another Notion product integrate tutorials like we have here. More than 300 other creators are already using Creator HQ, and I am not exaggerating when I say I would be lost without this system. Creator HQ is what keeps the trains running over here. As a podcast listener, I'm giving you my best price. You can get 10% off using the promo code podcast at checkout. Just head to creatorhq.co to watch the video and learn more. That's creatorhq.co and use promo code podcast to save 10%. Hey everyone, I'm Preston Lee. And I'm Clay Mosley. And this is Freelance to Founder. Every week, we sit down with freelancers like you for actionable coaching calls with one mission. To help you ditch the feast-famine lifestyle and build your own sustainable business. 
At one point, we were both brand new freelancers, barely making ends meet. But by now, we've started, grown, and even sold a few businesses of our own. And we want to help you do the same. If you're ready to go from freelance to founder, then join the army of freelancers who are taking matters into their own hands. Visit freelancetofounder.com to apply for your own on-air coaching call. And now get ready to take some notes because an all new episode of Freelance to Founders starts right now. Today's coaching call is with Keegan, who's calling from Louisiana, USA. Keegan is building a web design business, something Clay knows quite a lot about, on the side of his day job, something that I have a ton of experience in. And while Keegan has a very clear picture of where he's going, he's not exactly sure how to attract clients on a more consistent basis. This particular challenge launches us into a conversation all about the power of finding local clients. We outline a few reasons you should try to focus on local clients, including one or two that might surprise you. See for yourself right after this quick message from our sponsors. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Freelance to Founder. My name is Preston Lee from Milo.co, and joining me on the air, as always, is my good friend Clay Mosley from Get Dripify. Hey, Clay, how you doing, man? Good. I'm always happy to have fun with the great Preston Lee. Oh, you flatter me. And I should say, <laughs> getdripify.com. I have to, I have to uh, you know, promote the whole thing, man. You do so much for this <laughs> podcast. I want to make sure people can find you and, and learn about what you're working on. Uh, much appreciated. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, also joining us is today, calling from Louisiana, is Keegan. Hey, Keegan, how you doing? Hey, I'm awesome. Good, man. So excited that you're here. Thanks so much for calling in. Uh, you know, we love having freelancers call in. Keegan uh, Keegan filled out a quick survey questionnaire on our website. You can do that too at freelance2founder.com. If you just scroll to the bottom of the page, there's some information there on how you can come on the show if you want to and get a coaching call from me and Clay. So if you like these calls and think it could help your business, uh, you know, follow in, following Keegan's footsteps and uh, follow his example, you know, log on and fill out the questionnaire and we'll have you on too. It'll be a lot of fun. But enough about that. Uh, let's talk about your business, Keegan. Tell us what you're working on, what what kind of clients you have, what you're doing on a day-to-day basis in your business. Just give us the rundown of your business. Yeah, so I am currently a solopreneur, web designer. I've been freelancing for four to five years now um, at full-time restaurant professional. I've been doing that for 20-plus years and trying to take this side hustle into something full-time. I work with a lot of different kinds of businesses. I've done you know, from Catholic schools to rock bands to um, nonprofits to teach music education and a lot of things in between. So it's been an incredible side hustle for four and a half years or four to five years. And now I'm just looking to, uh, to take that to the next level. I love it. So, so what kind of work did you say you're doing for all those different kinds of clients? Um, so we're doing web design, web design and maintenance, continuing to take like really my, my goal for those for those builds is not just to be that that transactional one time uh, web design and just disappear on them. So I want to take build their site, host their site, maintain their site and help them update things. Just kind of a one stop shop and more of a uh, an extension of their team. Nice. Have you done any work for any famous rock stars? Um, I don't know that I would say like massively <laughs> famous, but depending on the circles that you go, that you live in and, and the things you listen to, you may know some. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. You going to name drop for us? Come on. I mean, I, I can't. So for, for <laughs> rock bands, you know, if you're, if you're in the rock music, you've ever heard of, uh, there's a couple bands. There was Rev Theory. They're no longer on the road. I've done some work with them in the past. And then another band, uh, their name's Otherwise. 
I've done you know a few a few sites for them, and specifically LifeByMusic.org, their uh, their musical education nonprofit. Oh, cool! Very cool. Oh, cool. So who who would you like? Who would your ideal client be if you had to pick kind of one kind of client to work with for the rest of or you know for the next few years or whatever? What would that client look like? That's tough, man. Uh, I mean, it's small to medium businesses. Uh, really, somebody who's got a little bit of a, a curiosity bug. As far as industries, I've not nailed it down into just one. Yeah. Uh, I've had a lot of fun working with a ton of different types of industries, but definitely the smaller to medium sized businesses. Cool. Very cool. Okay, so you've been doing this. You've been doing this for a while on the side, which I totally respect and and uh, can relate to. I I think I'll have a lot of value to add on in terms of you know taking it from a side hustle to a full-time thing. And then seriously, by the end of this, you're going to wonder wh- how you possibly got this for free to talk to someone like Clay about running, you know, growing and running a web design agency business model because he's just he's going to have some seriously valuable information on that whole process, having done it himself uh, and, and having done it really mm-hmm. well. So let's, let's dive in a little bit uh, if we can. So <clears throat> I, I want to, you know, listeners of the show, if you're familiar with the show, you know that there's a, a scale on this survey I referred to earlier that you fill out. We say, where are you at currently on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being freelancer, 10 being founder? Uh, if you had to rate yourself, where would you be? Keegan, you put that currently you're a 2, uh, and and then we ask in the next six to twelve months where would you like to be? And you put that you'd like to be a five. So tell us why you rated yourself at a two, and then what a five looks like. What what's the ideal scenario six or maybe twelve months from now for you and your business? Yeah. So so a two. Um, honestly, if I could give it like a one point two five, it would be closer on the scale, maybe <laughs> to one or right in the middle. Honestly, uh, and the reason I didn't give myself a one is because I did actually bring on my first um, support. So I, I did hire a VA in January. Cool. Um, I was helping with a lot of different things, kind of dipping my toes yeah, into the water. Awesome. And uh, yeah, so I'm I'm super excited about that. She's helped a, a ton. I mean, Cam is she's a uh, she's awesome, and she's helped me. You know, kind of. Get some of the things off of my plate, just a few of those small things. And, uh, you know, six to 12 months, I'd love to have a real solid pipeline of leads converting a couple clients a month. If I could do two to three sites per month working with a few contractors and really start getting, you know, the accounting and bookkeeping and invoicing side of the business off of my plate would be the most ideal situation in yeah. the next year. Okay, cool. So mm-hmm. I know on your questionnaire you mentioned that you're aiming for like a one twenty five, one hundred twenty five thousand a year business with some contractors. Um, yeah. Tell me, like you said, I'm, I'm trying to remember what you just said. Like three or four site projects a month. Was that what you were yep. said? Would that would that get you to that one twenty five mark? It would. You know, so I've done I've done a little bit of, of just kind of rough planning and three projects a month. You know, roughly averaging twenty five to twenty five hundred to three thousand a month, nine you know nine grand, and uh, you know I do have one of the big wins uh, that I've set up probably in the last six months is a pretty solid uh, monthly care plan. So it's bringing recurring revenue, which is which Very has been cool. a game changer for me. And I, you know building that up and then building up a solid pipeline for averaging you know those three projects per month would put me in a position to be. Right at or a little over that 125k mark. That's perfect. I love it. So, so what then? Uh, what's maybe standing between you currently at a two and you at a five in the next six or twelve months? What's standing between you and that 125 number? You know, I think that it's it's a little bit twofold. So, the the first one is is really 
generating leads, like generating strong leads and continuing to, to fill up that pipeline of people who are interested in working with me and, and positioning myself as, you know, somebody who's not just transactional. Like I, I really do care about the, the relationship side of the business and I want to be there to support people and, and take that to the next level while being able to generate the money that I need to live. Um, the other side of that is finding really great people to contract with, you know, and, and maybe even you know, not against it, but maybe at one point bringing them on as actual employees. Mm, so do you, do you, so you, you hire contractors out to, to build the websites? Do you build Correct. any websites yourself or? Yeah. Yeah. Cur- currently I am building pretty much all of them. Um, I have worked with a couple contractors in the past, uh, but 99.9% of the sites are all built by me. Okay. Okay. And when when you say uh, you you like to bring on more leads, like so, so the leads that you do get, how's your close ratio? It's actually really good, but it's all referral based right now. So there's no one that's coming in. You know, nothing. Uh, I'm not going after anybody cold, and there's not a unpredictable. Ton in. It's, yeah, it's very. I'm riding the wave, riding the roller coaster. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we hear this all the time, don't we, Clay? Like, uh, you know, business is good, mm-hmm. but it's all referrals. And so I lay awake at night wondering when referrals are going to dry up. It's <laughs> yeah. kind of, kind of the short version. It's the right? problem, with re- problem with referrals, you know, it's yeah. like you can't control it. You can't control the faucet, how, how, yeah. how wide open it is or how, how, you know, if you can, or you can close it off. You know what I mean? It's like yep. they just come when they come. So, Clay, what did you do in the early days of your first agency? Uh, because you know, I assume at some point you were working off referrals, but what do you do to to build a more predictable pipeline of of new customers? You know, I I basically just I had I was grinding, man. Like, and it's different though. It's different though when because that was back in 2015 um, versus now. You know, like like Keegan, when did you start your 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 agency? When did you start it? So I started side hustling in the middle of 2015. Okay. Okay. So, um, yeah, like for me, the, what I did, man, I did a lot of like local in-person networking. Like that's Mm -hmm. just how I did it. I I think I don't, that's, that's different now, right? Like now we're in this COVID era. Um, that's not as easy to do. You could still network, but it's not everywhere, but that, that's what I did. Um, uh, you, I wouldn't say you could do that now, like. But full-time. I mean, I mean, soon he'll be able to do that. We're not going to be stuck like this forever. You could, you could, like. So, Keegan, do you get do you get a lot of your business like virtually, or do you get like local business? Like, what do you? Who are they? <laughs> it's it's very virtual. So, I mean, I, I've worked with, I've worked with companies in Las Vegas and Chicago, and very mm. few local actually. I mean, a handful, but most of them are coming from different areas, nowhere near where I'm at. Mm. Yeah. So like, I, I like that. Like that's, that's the way I work now too is virtual, but like, I would say that that's just because I've built up a brand and stuff, but um, I, I wouldn't underestimate the local business because in my, from my experience, local, um, uh, most small businesses would prefer to work with someone local mm-hmm. um, and they pay more. In my opinion, like they they'll just pay more versus somebody they, that they're paying remotely, and so I think a lot of people in this in this industry, uh, especially like designers, they have this 
this like picture perfect um, scenario in their head where it's like, hey, I'll just stay from, I'll stay at home and I'll work from home all the time and I'll never have to get out to hustle and get sales. But like the fact is, is that there's a, there's tons of money locally. And so I don't know if you ever tried that. I think it's worth a try to just get more leads because like that's what I did and I I got a lot of business locally lots yeah that's awesome I've got a couple of, of contacts with people who run small um, PR firms that are pretty local within within an hour's drive and mm-hmm. they definitely have sent me a lot so I can I can leverage some of those relationships and have zero problem getting out going shake hands and uh, and kiss babies as they say yeah what, what's interesting mm-hmm. is like when you go after a local clients, you're no longer competing on a global stage, right? If if uh, if you go yeah. all virtual clients, then you're competing with literally anyone in any country at any price or any skill level. And like Clay said, a lot of times people are willing to pay a premium to work with someone locally who they know is in their time zone, who speaks their language fluently, who understands maybe their local culture uh, and their local customer base. Like, there's a lot to be said for uh, for for local clientele, definitely. If you know me, you know how much I believe in memberships. My membership is the core of my business and earning an income directly from your audience is one of the most sustainable ways for you to become a professional creator too. So I wanna tell you about today's sponsor, Uscreen. Uscreen is a beautiful all-in-one platform that helps content creators earn a living from their videos by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. You can host private live streams for your members, build an on-demand catalog of premium content, and Uscreen gives you a community hub to interact with your members too. They can access your community from their mobile phone, so your membership is right there in their pocket. With a Uscreen account, you get video hosting, an out-of-the-box website, full payment and subscription management, and plenty of third-party integrations too. And Uscreen makes it easy to get set up. You get access to powerful website themes that are fully brandable with no coding skills required. Uscreen will even provide a dedicated success manager for you. Just about anyone that wants to make money from their content can do it with Uscreen. It's perfect for coaches, authors, influencers, and entrepreneurs in just about any niche. Right now, Uscreen is used by creators in fitness, education, news, kids' entertainment, and more. That includes Yoga with Adrian and Creator Now, just to name a couple. Uscreen is the platform for building a video membership site that is great for generating a sustainable income for professional creators. If you create video content for your audience, I highly recommend checking it out. If you're interested in learning more about Uscreen, visit uscreen.link slash J. That's U-S-C-R-E-E-N dot link slash J and let them know that I sent you. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Last year, my wife and I started talking about her joining the business full time. This is a huge decision, not just for the business, but for our marriage. My wife, being the very smart and thoughtful woman that she is, suggested that we proactively sign up for therapy as a couple to help us communicate better before we started working together. It really helped us have better language to describe how we're feeling and listen to one another, which generally lowers the intensity of any conversation. Now, I had never been in therapy before, but here's something that I didn't expect. It didn't just help our dialogue, but it helped my inner monologue too. The way I understand my own experience has changed based on the tools that I got from therapy. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, so it's convenient, it fits your schedule, and you can be in the comfort of your own home. Just fill out a short questionnaire and you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. They even make it easy to switch therapists if it doesn't feel like a fit. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. 
Visit BetterHelp.com slash Creator today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Creator. Yeah, especially now. I, I think it's more so now, too, because I think now we have this... The, ever since COVID hit, I think we have this, like, mentality... I think everybody has this mentality of, like, let's support local. And, like, because mm. a lot of businesses are struggling right now. And so... That men- that mentality, in my opinion, has pushed more that way, and so unless you've built up a brand, um, I-, I think it's I think it's difficult to to do business virtually all over the world and and charge a premium price. So I don't know where you are on the on on your fee scale. Like if you're if you're on the less expensive or more or premium. Price or, or well, he said he's charging like maybe maybe three grand ish, right, in that ballpark for a website. Yep, yeah, okay. on average between two and three. Okay, so I I would say, in my opinion, just from what I know, I think you're I think you're probably on the the bottom half of mm-hmm. what people charge. I think two to three, and I don't know if there's nothing wrong with that, in my opinion. Um, I think it's just a different business model. Like, there's just some people that do websites for five hundred dollars or a thousand dollars. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just a certain business model. You got to do a lot more volume. Um, it, it, it's, uh, but I will tell you, if you did, if you start hitting up local people, like local businesses, you can easily get double that. Interesting. So, what and what do you find is the 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 most effective way to go after those local businesses face to face is it you know calling them directly or um i i never did cold calling uh if if that's what you're weird. talking about Feels um, weird. <laughs> yeah it's it's never like i think every person i think every bis- single business owner and salesperson should do cold cold calling at some point in their career because it's just <laughs> you just yeah. need to know you just need to know what that feels like and also i think it i think you just grow thick skin um, and I've done it. I've done lots of it, but I I don't think that's the smartest way to go. I think, like my my version of sales, lo- like local sales, is just to get in front of people, be friends with as many people as you can, and just make sure that they know what you do for a living, and that's it. And then just and to just stay in touch. Whether that's like staying in touch could be. Hey, let's go get coffee. You know, once a month or once every couple months. Or if you see these people at, at local networking events on a consistent basis, like you just need to be in front of them all the time. And 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 let me just tell you the kind of the magic formula for me uh, back in 2015 to 2019 um, was I did a lot of local networking, but I combined it with a lot of social media content. That I that I basically put ad dollars behind, and I targeted all my local, the local area. And so, what's really cool is like, whenever I I would go and network with these people locally, there's a lot of people that I had not met before, but they've been see, they've seen my videos and things. And so, the first thing that they say to me is, "Oh, it's good to meet you for the first time. I've seen your videos all over social media." And so. That was kind of the magic formula for me because that trust level has already been established, even though you just met that person for the first time. Got it. Yeah, they feel like they know you already. Yeah, yeah. And the sales easy at that point. Like if they're if they're looking, 
like they're not going to go to anybody else because they feel like they trust you. And so, um, that, that was, that's how I did it. That's how I, that's how I personally grew an agency very, very quickly, um, over a span of four years and was able to sell it. So, um, just straight up, like that's what I did. Nice. Yeah, it seems as straightforward as anything else, and it's easily easily done here. You know, again, kind of like to your point earlier, the toughest part right now is just the the actual in person meeting. But the, as far as building that connection and that trust via social, I mean, that's completely doable. Yeah, I mean, you could still network in in person. You can go have coffee oh, with yeah. people and stuff like that. Like, I think I think it's just a, even though even though the way like the way we live right now. I even though it's it's a very very easy excuse to be like no nah, I'm not going to go networking like okay I think that honestly I think that's an excuse like there are other there's you could still go have coffee with people like people will go do it yeah um, and there will always be when you know when COVID's done it'll be whatever I you know my yeah. my kids are at home and I can't leave or like what I, there's yep. if you're if you're looking for an excuse there will be an excuse to not get out there. Yeah, I I read somewhere. Um, what I I can't remember the exact phrase, but they said an excuse is like the most unprofitable thing ever. You know what I mean? I I don't know the exact quote, but I was like, oh man, that makes total sense. Like, yeah, there's always an excuse, whether it's COVID or kids or life is just too busy. Like, no, the fact is, you can still go meet with these people and and just have coffee you know what i mean like it doesn't have to be a sales meeting just go have coffee and connect with these people be friends with them make sure they know what you do <laughs> and then that's it yeah that's right in my wheelhouse cuz more importantly like i, w- I want to be like i want to work with people that i actually enjoy being around and and yeah. do legitimately yeah. want to be friends with have a beer with have coffee those kind of things so uh, those kind of things are are super easy to do yeah. and absolutely come natural yeah. And the, the 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 thing with the social media, like if you if you run if you run at if like you start doing social media content, like just valuable content, and then you run, you put ads behind it. The, so if if you compare local versus virtual, right? Local versus worldwide, um, you know, you have a limited budget. Everybody has a budget, right? With sure. with ad spend. So let's just say that 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 budget's. $500 a month. And so if you take $500 a month and and and, and uh, amplify your so, your social content, you if you focused it to your local area, you're going to get a lot a lot more uh benefit out of it versus if you take $500 a month and try to target the entire world. You know what I mean? It's like you're spreading Absolutely. yourself too thin. So that's why that 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 works brilliantly. Yeah, it makes sense. Anyways, that's my that's my answer to Preston's question. That's really long winded. <laughs> no, I I think it was I think it was a great answer. And like I said, Keegan, I don't know if you're starting to see why I said that at the top of the show uh, about you getting some really great free advice uh, from Clay. But he definitely knows what he's doing in this space. I I I'd love to hear what's resonating and maybe um, what other hurdles you're facing and how else we can how else we can help. If you feel like we've done that that particular question of generating leads, particularly local leads, if we've done that justice, uh, do you feel like there's more we can help you with today? No, I mean, that's that's as crystal clear as you can get and as uh, as practical an answer as I could hope for. I mean, that's I get what you're saying. I understand 100% why you started with that because that's, uh, I mean, that's gold right there. So I appreciate that for sure. 
Yeah. Let me let me just tell you. I just want to bring this up. I'm sure you've heard it on other episodes, but I, I think it's just so important. Uh, you, so you charge two to three thousand dollars. Do you do you uh, you take that up front? Like you say, hey, Mister and Mrs. Business Owner, it's three thousand dollars. It's all up front. Uh, no, I've always done 50-50. So, you know, 50% okay. up front, 50% whenever we launch. I would highly, highly encourage you to switch to a monthly fee. Yeah. You know, I, interestingly enough, I tried that before and I, I'm willing to give it another shot. W- uh, what do you think is the uh, the biggest benefit of that? Um, one, it's a lot easier to sell. True. Um, because... You, instead of $3,000, you can sell it for $250 a month over 24 months, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a lot easier to sell it that way because all people have to do is just get on a $250 monthly plan and that's it. They don't have to dish out $3,000. It's a lot It's a lot harder for a, a business owner to just write a check for $3,000 or $1,500 and the $1,500, whatever, $50,50 sure. because cash flow is super important, right? Like Absolutely. if they have to dish that out. So it's a lot easier sell. So your conversions will go through the roof. Um, two, it provides you guaranteed income for the next two years. Mm-hmm. Like how awesome would it be to say, hey, I just sold a website for $250 a month um, and it's guaranteed over the next two years. Like you know you're going to get paid on that for two years. And imagine if you sold three of those, like because you mentioned you needed three you want you would love three projects. Imagine if you sold three of those in a month, right? Three mm-hmm. websites at two hundred fifty dollars a month. That's seven hundred fifty dollars a month. At the end of twelve months, if you do that every month, at the end of twelve months, you're making nine thousand dollars a month, regardless of whether you sell new clients at that point. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah, it doesn't sound bad. it's a it's a pretty quick route to that that 125 number that you're talking about you know and obviously it's 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 a little more difficult than just doing it or just saying it and doing it but honestly not that much harder um especially like we talked about charging higher prices for local clients this is another Mm -hmm. way that you can actually charge more so you know if you're a business owner again like coming back to cash flow you you might not have $3,000 now, but you might have $3,500 or $4,000 over the next 24 months, right? So, I mean, you mm-hmm. see this all the time in car dealerships or anywhere that you that you can finance something. It's basically financing something. Uh, you're willing to pay extra to not have to pay the, the upfront cost now. You're willing to spread it out and pay ultimately more over a, you know, a 12-month or 24-month period so it could, you know, it could be a double win. Like you're, you're not only bringing in predictable revenue, but you're also able to charge more on the whole for the website. And the whole reason we're harping on like this predictable revenue thing is because then all of the other issues that you're facing that we know about from your questionnaire um, become a lot easier. Like hiring, for example. As soon as you know, mm-hmm. like, okay, now I know I'm going to be making $9,000 a month for the next 12 months because of the contracts that I have. How much easier is it then to hire someone part-time or full-time for $2,000 a month to work on websites? Because you know you're always going to be able to pay them and still have money left over. So it's, it's a lot, it's a lot easier. A lot clearer. Yeah, yeah the planning is... Planning for your business is so much easier if you know what's coming in. Like, like yeah. you're talking about, like you're talking about. I think I think you mentioned like uh, accounting and like getting your like bookkeeping and stuff. 
okay, that might cost you $500 a month to go hire a CPA, which you need to do anyway if you don't have one. But you might be thinking, well, you know, it costs $500 a month. I don't know if I'm going to get that that kind of money next month because I got to sell, you know, I got to sell a project. But but if you get if you have that monthly recurring revenue, like who cares? You got like you got nine thousand dollars a month coming in. Like just spend five hundred dollars a month on your, your bookkeeping and CPA. Yeah, well, yes, and that's why I've spent a ton of time over the last probably six to nine months of really really working on building up that that care plan. So the monthly maintenance, selling those for a hundred dollars a month, it makes sense to to kind of put all that into one one package. Yeah. Yeah. I it love definitely that. Helps. Yeah. How's that? And how's that different. helping your bottom line? Like um, how many, how many customers do you have on that care plan so far? Um, so I've got 10 on the, on the full care plan. And then I've got probably another 15 that are, that were hosting only what I was doing before, which is about a third of the, of the revenue from that one. So, I mean, okay, it's, cool. it's a decent number yeah. every month Yeah, to just, you know, to fall back on like a couple thousand bucks or something every month. Yeah, yeah, some, yeah, right. I think it's like seventeen fifty. Yeah, I was gonna say that was quick napkin math, I guess. But yeah, somewhere mm-hmm. between fifteen hundred and two thousand bucks. I mean, that's not a that's not a bad little core core bit of recurring revenue that you could go hire someone or or make some plans with, reinvest yep. that money in other revenue generating activities like hiring people to do sales or hire or putting it into ad spend, like Clay was saying. I mean, um, what what are you currently doing with that recurring revenue? Like, obviously, some of it goes toward hosting. It sounds like, and and of course, the the maintenance yep. costs. But are you reinvesting it? Is it is it coming out as a paycheck? Like, what does that currently look like? So I have literally just let it all sit into an account. So I've been bringing yeah. it in. I've not put it to work. I've not put the money to work for me, and I haven't taken it and spent it as personal income either. So um, the money the money from the business has kind of lived on its own. So I need to put it to work. There you go. I spent, I spent <laughs> yeah. money on on education. That's you know, it's yeah. definitely mm-hmm. been that part. That's better than uh, some of the people Spending I, I <laughs> talk to. They like as soon as that money's in there, man, that thing's yep, that, all that gone. money's coming out. Nah. No, I would I, say it's all, you're. It's all my extras. <laughs> <laughs> I would say you're right in the middle of of uh, the worst case scenario, best case scenario, and I will say my my business took a nice uptick. A really nice uptick when I realized instead of just like putting money in the bank in my business's bank account, I also wasn't spending it uh, as personal money. Like I was paying myself a little bit, but not just spending every piece that came in. Uh, but but as soon as I started realizing, like, okay, when I reinvest this money in revenue generating activities, like it not only makes that money back, but then it makes extra. It sounds so obvious now, but like it's so easy to just hold on to that money that you've made. Uh, because it was hard work getting it, right? But if you can let go and reinvest it in smart ways that generate more revenue, it's really, really exciting. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm in a position right now where like mentally and, and just the business structure and everything, I'm ready to really start doing that because I was splitting those brands and like defining what the agency was going to be from a from a name, from the offers, from the, the websites and everything. Uh, I've got them in a place now where I'm really ready to put that money to work. I love it. Cool, man. Well, we have maybe you know ten or fifteen minutes left here. What else? What else can we help you with? What other hurdles are you facing as you aim for that? I love that goal of of hitting one twenty five. Uh, what what else can we help you with, man? So for me, the you know the, I guess the biggest next part has been you know where where do I go to find really great talent? And, and I know I've been able to find a lot of people who are <laughs> call again. Um, <laughs> there, well, there we go. Boom, answered up. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I'm giving Preston a little promo. <laughs> a Sorry, little I didn't mean to interrupt. I, I didn't mean, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, but yeah, it's quite all right. Hey, quick, quick, short answer is good. I'm, I'm, I'm about that life. Yeah. I, I, so sorry. Go continue your question. I, I, I was just having fun there with Preston. No, no, no. It's all good. Um, so for me, like, I found, I found a ton of people, obviously. But it's how do you find the right people at the right price with the right skill level to make it work for the for the business case that you're trying to trying to get to? Um, yeah, that's that's kind of been the biggest hurdle, and, and to find people who, not that I expect them to be fully dedicated when they're contractors as well, or just working, you know, project based. Um, but obviously, you want to have somebody who's got a little bit of bandwidth who can deliver a great product. Yeah, so, someone I mean, you can depend um, on, someone yeah. who does good work. I know Clay's actually in the same situation right now, trying to find some contractors uh, that that yep. you can depend on. That that when you call, they answer. You know, that they feel like part of the team. I think we have some good thoughts on that. Before we dive into that, while Clay thinks about it, while I think about it, we're going to take a quick break for a, a very short message from our sponsors. If we can all just hold on, we'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Podcast Movement. For the past decade, Podcast Movement has organized the world's largest gathering of podcasters, featuring thousands of attendees, hundreds of breakout sessions, panels, and workshops, plus the largest trade show in podcasting. Podcast Movement helps podcasters of all experience levels create, grow, and profit from their show. It's suitable for beginners, but you'll also have the opportunity to meet some of the biggest names in the industry. I've been to several podcast movement events, and not only is the programming incredible, but the culture and vibe are incredible too. It attracts thoughtful, empathetic, and collaborative people, which makes sense when you think about the medium of podcasting. Podcast Movement hosts two events per year. The first just wrapped up, but their flagship conference is happening August 19th through the 22nd in Washington, D.C. Attendees have the freedom to choose their own adventure across several different stages throughout the four-day event, not to mention dozens of amazing networking events, parties, and the expo hall floor. Tracks include podcast creation, video and live streaming, industry professional, plus several stages of curated programming from some of the top companies in podcasting. It's truly a unique event, and if you are a podcaster, I cannot recommend it enough. Right now, tickets are available at super duper early bird pricing. And as a Creator Science listener, you can save $50 on top of that by visiting podcastmovement.com slash science. That's podcastmovement.com slash science. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, welcome back to Freelance to Founder. You're listening to the podcast Freelance to Founder. We're here today, Clay from GetDripify.com and myself, Preston from Milo.co. We're chatting with Keegan about his uh, business. So far, we've talked a lot about generating leads, especially at a local level. That's been a lot of fun. We've talked about um, you know, monthly recurring revenue, which by the way, if that, in, that conversation sounded interesting to you, 
You can visit freelance2founder.com slash challenge where Clay and I put together a recurring revenue challenge. Uh, it may or may not be open at the time you listen to this, but there's at least a wait list. Uh, you can join the challenge and learn a little bit more about how to introduce recurring revenue into your business. But now we're going to continue the conversation with Keegan talking about finding good contractors, hiring people to join your team, people you can rely on and depend on. Clay, have you had any thoughts uh, while we took a quick break there? What, what's on your mind? Yeah, finding talent. I, I um, this is uh, you know, I'll, I'll be straight transparent. This is a, this is something I also struggle with too, um, especially specifically designers, um, like web designers. Um, but I, you know, for me personally, I'm I'm looking for a unicorn. Uh, I think uh, because I like to have web developers who also have good creative graphic design skills. Um, I think that's a rare skill set, in my opinion, um, to have both of those. And mm. and uh, it's either one or the other. At least that's what I have found. You're you're either a coder or you're a or you're a design person. Like I can't hard. <laughs> I want somebody that has both. Um, and so that's that's the reason why it's been difficult for me. I don't know. Like I don't know what why it's been difficult for you, Keegan. Um, can you kind of go more into like like your struggles there and finding people? Yeah, it's similar to to your point. You know, it's you find people who can build and who can code and who have a lot of technical knowledge, but you look at the finished product and it's uh, it leaves a lot to be desired. You know, I'm looking for somebody who's got a little bit of UX knowledge, kind of a generalist when it comes to design, but who's got just enough coding skills to be able to put something together that can get to those results. You know, build something mm. that doesn't just look pretty but actually works. So, so I I actually approach it on. The opposite way. Um, I look to make sure that they have design skills, and then I teach them how to code. So, like, from my opinion, I can teach anybody how to code, but I cannot teach them how to be creative. And so that that's what has worked for me in the past. And I know Preston and I we're, we have different models. Preston likes to hire contractors. I like to hire full time salaried people on my team. And so that, like, that's what that's how I do it. Is I, I I hire somebody that's creative, who has those design skills, but they don't know how to code, or maybe they know very basic knowledge of how to code. And so I will I will teach them. I will teach them how to code, um, or I'll, I'll um, have them take a coding course, and then I will also train them in addition to that. Um, that's just what I'm not saying. That's a perfect system, um, but that's just what what has worked for me in the past. Like. That is so. My my old agency, we had whenever I I left, we had uh, five or six full time website designers. None of them had coding experience. None of them, and but they all had graphic design skills, and so and they were all creative. And I taught them how to build and design websites. And so, like that now, now they that they exist. Like they, ha- there's an entire department in the, at that agency. That's how they were all trained. And so, I don't know. May, I, I would say try that approach. Um, Preston might have a different take on this. Consider, yeah, I, like I, if you want to hire contractors. Yeah, I want to actually challenge uh, a little bit what you both are saying, which is like that you want to find someone that does both. Walk me through that because. Especially, so I, I completely understand that argument if you're hiring a full-time person because it's like I'm going to invest yeah. you know, 30, 40 grand in this person over the course of a year, maybe more, uh, probably more if they can do both. Like, 
so I get that, that you want to make sure you get everything you can out of that investment. But, but if you're hiring contractors, walk me through why there has to be just one person that does both. What's, what's the advantage? Is it just less communication? Is it uh, you know, more streamlined process like Keegan? Why, why, find, why the need to find someone that does both? I don't think it's necessarily a requirement, but you know, in a perfect world, if we're looking at the most ideal situation, having one person to communicate with, one person to mm, to yeah. pay, one person to talk with, you know, definitely is is the most streamlined mm-hmm. way to do that. But it's not at all a necessity. It's, it's just a lot yeah. easier to manage, right? Yeah, like it's just, of course. It's, yeah, it's easier sense. to manage one person versus two. You know, like I, I, you can easily hire a contractor to do. Um, like all the graphic design assets and then hire another contractor to code it. But, you know, like now we're, now we're, now you're talking about, and I've done that. And I, so I've done that. And I've also worked with a designer who can do both. The, in, from my experience, the, the, the process of, of having someone that can do both is about 10 times easier because you're not having to hand off assets to, from one person to another. Yeah. That makes a lot um, of sense. You know, but I agree with you, Preston. I'm like, I think it makes more sense if you're going to hire a full time salaried person to go that route. As a contractor, maybe not so much the case. Yeah. And as a contractor, you could even find someone like, let's say you find someone who uh, is good at graphic design and good at communicating with a developer. Like maybe they have a developer that they already work with. There are lots of designers and developers who kind of already partner. So, like, if you found a good designer, they might have. You know, on tap, a, a developer that they could just reach out to and and coordinate all the work with. So essentially, you're hiring like almost a graphic designer, project manager type, um, hmm. and and then you could offload all that process of of managing people and all of that stuff as well. I don't know. I just think there's other options than just like a, a unicorn, which is very difficult to find, honestly. Absolutely, no, that makes that makes a ton of sense. It's just like every other every other department or every other um, industry. You know, these people are run together. Like, yeah. I know a, I know a bunch of people in SEO and copywriting because I do <laughs> yeah. websites. So that makes that makes perfect sense. Yeah, and I think you could start small. Uh, you know, you can always train someone, I suppose, but I think you could start small. You could even say, like, you know, maybe Keegan, if you're a developer, maybe you hire a designer and have them hand off a design to you to be coded. And you see how that works, um, and then you add in the next yeah, piece, that. next piece later. Have someone take over the development, and like you don't have to do it all at once. I think sometimes we we get overwhelmed by thinking like, oh, I have to hire an accountant and a designer and a developer and and a this and a that, and I, and I have to hire all this. No, it's like hire out one piece of what you currently do. Maybe it's the design, or maybe you hire out the development first. Hire out one piece of what you do, and see how that goes. And if they're a good fit for that, then hire out another piece and train them to work together. And it's really magical, I think, to watch people who you've hired then work together and get stuff done way better than you ever did on your own (laughs) or way better than either of them could do on their own. Yeah, that's... That's what I'm looking for. And that's kind of... It's it's been the mental hang-up, too. I definitely felt like you got to do it all at once. It's good to hear. You know, just the the reassurance of that is not necessarily the case. Yeah, that's a good you, idea, you don't have Preston. To. Yeah, yeah, I, I I've done that, um, and I I would say like if you're gonna if you're gonna um, uh, offload like one piece, I would I would probably just look at what's going to save you the most time. Um, so like for me, <clears throat> like for example, I I have like I do a lot of design mockups, um, just in Photoshop, 
like a design mock-up doesn't take me that long, an hour or two, um, versus like putting in 40, 50 hours designing or putting 40, 50 hours building out an actual website. And so I'll, I'll outsource the actual building of the website. I, I will do a design mock-up, get that approved by the client, and then I will hand over the design mock-up to a coder or a, a developer and have that person build it out. So even though the whole thing is not offloaded from you, um, a big, big chunk of it is. So yeah, that's Got a really it. good idea, Preston. Yeah, I love that. That seems the best way to go. Yeah, and then and then, like I said, bit by bit, you add in the next person, and it's you just you grow in steps as opposed to feeling like you have to hire a whole agency worth of people now, which can just feel intimidating and overwhelming. Um, you you grow in steps, and I I would add to what Clay said, you know, identifying the the tasks that take up the most time and offloading those first. I think yes, and I think you'll agree with me, Clay. In as much as you then with that free time. Uh, focus on revenue generating activities. So for me, the real thing is like identify the tasks that generate the most revenue and you either take those on and offload everything else or you offload those and pay someone to do them full time. The idea is to keep that revenue coming in. So if you're offloading uh, Mm -hmm. maybe the development and you're just doing the design like Clay mentioned, then all of that development time that you used to spend you're now spending on sales, networking, Facebook marketing, like whatever you decide is your sort of lead generation process. You're now putting all of that effort that you used to put into development. Now you're putting it into business development. Beautiful. Yeah, that makes that's as clear as it could possibly be. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, good, man. We have we have just a few minutes here left on the call. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Is there anything we've left out? Anything you wanted to chat about today before we wrap it up? Man, I think we have managed to cover just about everything. There's nothing uh, nothing else that's really sitting at the top of my mind. I feel good. Well, good, man. We'd love to uh, yeah. check back in with you in a, a little while and see how things are going. Honestly, it sounds like you're on the right track. Things are humming along, and uh, I think you've got some, some exciting stuff in the near future coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so, too. And if you guys are ever in, uh, in Louisiana, come down. We'll have that, net- that mini <laughs> networking event. We'll have some coffee. Yeah, for sure. I'd love go. that. There you go. I'm a big, uh, big barbecuer, so I'd love some Louisiana barbecue. Ooh. Be good Come stuff. Oh man, bring it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. All right, man. Well, thanks so much for calling in today. We really appreciate you taking the time. And thank you, you guys. I appreciate the time. This is uh, this has been awesome. Thanks. Yeah, no problem. Take care. You too. Freelance to Founder is produced by the team at Millo. Visit millo.co to level up your freelancing. And Dripify, visit getdripify.com to become a bad A in business. Freelance to Founder is also part of the Podglomerate. You can check out more amazing podcasts at thepodglomerate.com. The theme music for this show was produced by Joaquin Carud. You can catch past episodes at freelancetofounder.com or by searching Freelance to Founder in your favorite podcast player. While you're at it, we'd love an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all for now. Until next time. See ya. Sonic Universe.